0: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization and so should you. 5 DFW locations with North Frisco, Eldorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 go men's t or visit Clinic.com.
1: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at 4. Doncic. The step back three, you bitch! Music. You said my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you face love, face face hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Still basking in Mike the Baskin. Adrian. Still Mike basking in the Adrian Beltre Hall of Fame glow. Could these former Rangers possibly be next. And here's the reason why I brought it up. Is because I was looking through, you remember we threw out the thing yesterday is Adrian Beltre is the ninth player to ever wear a Rangers jersey to be in the hall of fame. Yeah. Mike named all of them. That was, you guys are really Except impressive. For Gl- Vlad and goose. Oh yeah. And goose. If you look down at that further and Maverick, we can pretty much immediately eliminate five of those people. Gossage was here for one season, Bly Levin one and a half, Guerrero one, Harold Baines two half seasons, and Gaylord Perry three seasons. So I traded
0: Sammy Sosa for Harold Baines.
2: Yes. So by no means are those Rangers Hall of Famers. So then that drops you down to four. All right? Pudge was here 12 seasons. The Ranger. He, he is no question. He is a Ranger.
3: He was right out of our farm system.
2: Only won his World Series here with... T- He did not, but the other three all have (laughs) questionable arguments. You never
0: lost a World Series with us facts.
2: Good point. He lost a World Series with Detroit
3: lost lots of playoff games
2: is Nolan Ryan has a Rangers hat on in the Hall of Fame, but he was only here for five seasons. He was with the Angels longer. He was with the Astros longer. So if you want to count but him, but he meant more to us. Uh, that's probably he only made a World Series with us. None
3: of them respected not
2: him. Not that either. And then really? yeah, how did he not make the World Series with us? Oh, as a player, Flad? No, Nolan Ryan. Oh,
3: he made two World Series with us, but whatever.
0: He won a World Series with the Mets,
3: and the Astros.
2: No. that's so weird to think. That he was-, was oh as a as an executive. <laughs> so you have Pudge, you have Nolan. Yep. Maybe you have Beltre, Ferguson Jenkins is known as a Cub. Right. I think ahead of right. all others for sure. So realistically, you have three players in the Hall of Fame ever. So I was looking at good. MLB. <laughs> is it? Is that good? There's part
3: of me that wants to believe that Josh Hamilton could have done it. Had they would have done it, he would have done it as a Tampa. Had baby. they won right. it as a world, had they won the World Series. Because if they don't won the World Series, I do have the question of whether or not he would have been signed to a big term, big time, long term contract I forever, so. kind of like when we're talking about Adolis. Uh, and I know this is kind of off the off the, the the subject here, but I think it's close enough. But with Adolis, if you had plans on trading him so the future of baseball, Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter could take over, you can't do it now, right? Because Adolis made put his stamp on baseball in the playoffs, and now it's like, okay, you're. As a front office, you would look very bad to your your team if you broke it all up. Nobody would ever break up a team after winning a championship in sports. They don't do that.
2: Never happened. Well, it's definitely happened, and it's literally happened here. Oh, the yeah,
3: Mavericks, yeah.
0: Lamar Odom was the right choice over Tyson Chandler. No, but the, it wasn't.
3: But
2: I think that it,
3: at that time, had Josh Hamilton, yeah. had they won the World Series against St. Louis, Josh Hamilton being a game if he had hit a game-winning home run, yes. they would have said, here's your contract for life. I agree. And and there's a possibility that he would have stayed on a track and gotten into the Hall of Fame. I really think that. Instead, we get the dumbest press conference of all time. Who said he should have put a
2: ring on it? I said it. All right. So MLB.com, go back and listen to it. That's what it sounds like. MLB.com put out an article. The next five Hall of Fame ballots are stacked. They
3: are. I agree.
2: And there's three Rangers in the mix here. And I
3: don't know. Two
2: of them real Rangers, one of them not. All right. 2025. Top first-time candidates, Ichiro and CeCe Sabathia. You feel good giving both of them the thumbs up? I do.
0: CC, if you look at the history of pitching, you might go, ooh, I don't know first ballot. But if you look at the recent history of what we've done to pitchers, I think he's a for-sure Hall of Famer. And I, I mean, I, but I could see him getting 72%... <clears throat> First ballot, not sure. making it, and then getting 80% second ballot and making it.
2: But among the other notable first-timers, they listed Ian Kinsler. To me, Ian Kinsler is no doubt not a Hall of Famer. Am I being a hater? Would you like to put up a case otherwise? I I can't look and say that
3: he's one of the top 10 second basemen of all time. He was never top 10 for MVP. Uh, and then, you know, again, they, they didn't win the World Series here. He did, did win with Detroit. Do you feel like you need 2,000 hits?
0: Because he has 1,999.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> that sucks. So, yeah, One hit short There's just a lot of stuff that's just short. The dude was a fun player to watch, and I'm glad he was a Ranger. I really am. It was a lot of fun to watch him, but I agree, Kevin.
0: I don't Not see – I believe watching – um this dude I watch called Scotty B cards and he tracks a lot of this through card collecting, but he says that you need a war of 60 to be considered a hall of famer. And Ian Kensler's war is 54.1. So I'm not saying that's an end all be all. A lot of people don't like war. A lot of people do like war, but if you do look at, The number war where you're trying to kind of give this overall number for an overall career. He says you need to be at 60 to really be considered and he doesn't he doesn't hit that number. I'm not telling you that's right or wrong.
2: Look, and I hate saying this, but I think it's more likely that he'll be bounced after the first ballot.
0: I mean, I I don't like saying this too, because I think Ian Kensler was great. Like he's a top the tough thing is you're a top one percenter of in the world of baseball, if you make the Hall of Fame. He's like top three percent. Yeah. Of baseball players ever to play this game, Ian Kensler. I would say Michael Young had a better chance and Michael Young struggled yeah. on the ballot.
3: The uh, just to point out, Kevin, there might only be one other person on that first timers for next year that I even consider. So and I don't know if he's he's truly in. So so for two, and that's Felix Hernandez.
2: Okay, yeah. And, and the other that, yeah. and in 2026, it is a dud class for sure. The top first-time candidates are Ryan Braun and Cole Hamels. Let's go, baby. Hi.
3: Ranger Cole Hamels.
2: I know, but I do not think Cole Hamels is close to being a, a Ice Hall Cole. of Famer.
0: I'd have to. Let me pull him up. Won, I, he, he Ryan Braun to, is not making it because of his steroid stuff. Yes.
2: And Cole Hamels, World Series MVP and NLCS MVP, which is terribly impressive. Agreed. He finished fifth, sixth, sixth, and eighth for the Cy Young, and that's it. Never top four. Not one time. That pitch no hitter. That is not a hall of fame. In he July. did. And then he
0: got traded. Um, yeah, he's not. I love Cole. Cole might be listening. He's a great pitcher. Once again, he falls into the top three percent of
3: baseball players ever to play this game. Did you name the other people on that notables list?
2: And the notable list is not impressive to me at all. But Shinsu Chu is on the list. Edwin Incarnacion, Alex Gordon, Matt Kemp. Now we're just listing names.
3: Is Nick Marcakis and Hunter
2: Pence. Yeah, we're just putting names. And so I don't think any
3: of those
0: people are Hall of
2: Fame I people. have a question. What?
0: what? Did you see Chu in that picture? He was here. Yeah. Did he fly from Korea for I Beltranes don't know the answer to
3: your question. He would. But I'm, I'm sure. going to say he did. I don't know the I answer. don't think he
0: lives here. I think he lives in Korea.
3: He, I know he just retired from the pretty ba- shirt from South Korea there. too. Yeah.
2: I don't think he would have been flying from North Korea. I would be inclined to agree with that. I will that.
3: say this though, Kevin. If they did decide they wanted to put the signs up about Hunter Pence's life, uh and how he eats a pizza with a with a fork knife and knife. Or, yeah. or like <laughs> that that was a fun time with Hunter Pence.
0: What they do, it's at UTA. I think if you go to UTA, they have a Hunter Pence mural where it shows different things that he did. To be
2: fair, I have been to UTA several times. I still haven't seen like the singularly focused Hunter Pence mural, but I'll keep looking for it. Do they really? Are I you... mean his numbers retired out That's there.
3: Awesome, dude.
2: I don't know what number he was at UTA. Twenty
3: twenty seven, Kevin.
2: Oh, here we go. No. Dak. Buster... Buster Posey and John Lester.
3: Posey is a Hall of Famer. I
0: do. I, I think Posey Agreed. is a Hall of Famer. He was he was the leader of a three-time world championship team. And um, also
3: has the greatest highlight where he threw a baseball back and the pitcher wasn't looking, but it hit him in the glove. And they
0: have the Posey rule where you can't touch the catcher, and the catcher can't put his pinky toe on home plate. When the, <laughs> when the runner touches third base, if your pinky toe is touching home plate, you have... Blocked all of home plate, and we now need to give you the run scored, no matter what happens.
2: Is John Lester a Hall of Famer? Because I do not feel like he is.
0: Once again, I would say he falls into the top two to three percent, but not the top one percent.
2: He made the All Star team a handful of times. Cy Young, top five, three times. I'm just saying, if you're looking for some of the players who haven't gotten in yet, 2026 looks like a dead year 2027 has Buster Posey I talked about this we're gonna run into an issue with pitchers yeah, yeah I was, how yeah. what are
0: we gonna do I mean he does have 200 wins 200 wins in this era is outstanding like you're you're gonna have at this point maybe 10 200 game winners from like 2005 if let's just say he started his career in 2006 in the major leagues let's say from 2005 on there's going to be 10 200-game winners in the history of baseball?
3: Yeah, I, I do. There's A, there was a, a stretch here, Kevin, where the superstars just kind of felt like there was a lot of a lot to be left out there. They were spread out amongst these years as well. And then the the credentials to get it, nobody can meet some of the credentials that some of the guys yeah. have, have had in the past. So you kind of have to restructure some of those credentials and ask yourself if they were truly famous or not. <laughs>
2: All right, so let me. I want to run through these other because there's another player I want to get to. So 2028 top line is stacked: Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and now you're now you're talking about you feel better about candidates. But let's move to 2029.
0: I think Pujols should get close to, if not 100. percent I agree.
2: Miguel Cabrera is the top first-time candidate, but also on the list. And he's in. Yes, for sure. Is get close to 100. Nelson Cruz. Mm. So my initial thought was, there's no way in hell Nelson Cruz makes the Hall of Fame. In part because of steroids, in part because I don't think he's a Hall of Famer.
3: Maybe the most m- most uh, famous non-catch ever.
2: I think he might be right about that. He was no, he a seven-time All-Star, top 10 MVP, five times ALCS MVP, four-time Silver Slugger. Even if there's no steroids, though, I view him as a guy who's like, all right, I'll listen to your case, but my answer is no. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. I don't think he gets it. Yeah, I don't view I, him.
3: I love the the humanitarian that he is off the field. We hear that he does a lot of really good work for his, for for his cause. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and dude, watching him play when he was a Ranger, watching him swing, the way he got he he got that team to the World Series against Detroit, that dude was so much fun at the plate. Uh, but I agree that the the overall resume doesn't doesn't line up
2: so obviously making the hall of fame is a humongous deal but then when you take a step back and say we've pretty much just run through the the entire rest of the decade and you got nothing and so adrian beltray is really only the third real real texas ranger to make it and fourth if you want to include fergie because he did play here for six years i know he's got the cubs hat on but that it, That's amazing. So three or four Hall of Famers for this franchise ever. I just think
0: about when the Rangers have celebrated a person making the Hall of Fame like really celebrated, it feels like at least in my lifetime, the big celebration was <coughs> Nolan Ryan, Pudge Rodriguez and now Adrian Beltre yep. and Beltre. Obviously, on July 21st, it'll be very Ranger centric about it. I don't know, like Gaylord Perry, I'm pretty sure. like I'm sure the, the Rangers put up a flag and everything, I, yeah. and and same with Fergie Jenkins. I just don't feel like it was super celebrated, or when Burt Blylevin finally got in through the Veterans Committee, it wasn't super celebrated. Finally, our Texas Ranger Burt Levin got in. It was finally our Minnesota twin Burt Blylevin got in.
2: For the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for some NFL overreaction or reality. Mm. Plus, Mike likes it all part of the expressway. Next, right here on the Fan.
1: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Doncic. The step back three, you bitch. Music. You set my world on fire. Yeah, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
2: It is time for NFL overreaction or reality. Vince McMahon is in a lot of trouble again. That's not about the NFL, but like, it kind of seems like that, right? You just made the list. How could it seem like
3: he's part of the NFL?
2: I just wanted you to comment on that.
3: Uh, he no. allegedly
2: gave somebody a fifteen thousand dollar Bloomingdale's gift card. What is that? The most money you've ever heard on a gift card. Don't make a joke either, because it's for why some did he stuff. give
3: this card? As gift essentially,
2: card? cover up, hush money for potentially keeping her trapped somewhere. And what terrible stuff! Yeah, this article is really, really, really bad.
3: Should everybody read this article?
2: Yeah, you might have to go through the Wall Street Journal paywall. And I don't know if you have a general interest about it, but it sounds pretty terrible.
3: Kevin, if you can, please give me your Wall Street Journal uh, information.
2: I've had a tough time with that. I do not have that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now, we will stick with the NFL. NFL overreaction or reality. Jared Goff is wildly underrated. He's 5-3 and three in the playoffs. This is his second NFC championship game, and he's been to a Super Bowl. I,
0: wildly,
2: well, no. The other thing I was just going to throw out there, this is an interesting stat, is he is the third quarterback in the history of the NFL to lead two different teams to 14 wins in a single season, joining Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, if you include the playoffs,
3: And both of those won a Super Bowl with each team. When I've watched him play, Corey... Except for Jared Goff. I've yeah. never been... He can't go back and win one retroactively with the Rams. I haven't
0: been we'll in awe of him. I've been like, solid, good quarterback. Yes. I, I mean, I hate saying this, in the Dak Prescott category. Okay. Usually we rate Dak better than Goff. Maybe we shouldn't. You look at that resume, and his resume is way better than Dak's resume. It and is. It's honestly not even close. So I guess we do underrate him, right? Because we rate Dak better than Goff, and that's not factually true. It's an all opinion, but I mean, if you just look at certain facts of here's what he's accomplished, here's what this person's accomplished, you would say 100 times out of 100 when you take out the names, you'd say, well, that person has accomplished more than that person has.
3: One of the reasons I think that it goes along with what you're talking about on this narrative, Mike, is what's the expectation of Dak Prescott back in the day whenever he was a fourth round compensatory pick? Back up quarterback to Tony Romo. Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. That guy's supposed to, at some point, win multiple Super Bowls. He went to a Super Bowl, and then it looked like his coach said, I'm sending you to purgatory. Right. And you will live there for the rest of your years and never do anything. And now he's doing this with the Lions. So... Can't remember what the question was, Kevin. But Is
2: Jared Goff wildly underrated? Yes. Okay.
3: I don't think that's an so, overreaction. Okay. But again, I say
0: overreact. Over. Okay. Uh, but again, under, uh, he's underrated, but not wild.
3: But again, that takes in to the entirety of his NFL career, not the way he was drafted. Because if we go back and look at how he was drafted, then yes, he's over. He's overrated because he hasn't completed. Those things he hasn't won multiple Super Bowls.
2: NFL overreaction or reality? Now the updates we continue to get on this are really sketchy. But overreaction or reality? The 49ers will not beat the Lions if Debo Samuel is out. The splits are astonishing on this. Since drafting Debo Samuel, the 49ers are 50 and 23 with him, eight and nine without him.
3: I I get it, but. They just won without him for most of that game. He he was out for a, a huge portion of that game against the Packers. Now again, it came down to the wire, and they tried to put uh they tried to have some other plays that Debo typically runs right. run by other receivers, and it didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to in most instances. But that team's that team still has a, a stack of really good talent. With McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle, they're very, very good. So, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But if it is, Kevin, we can go back and stamp and be like, there you go. That was the reason. Overreaction?
0: I was doing some Mavericks homework, getting ready for Mike Likes It. Agree with me. <sighs> Next I, I love
3: Corey's take. Question.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get prepared.
3: But Why were I, you prepared before the show?
0: There's only so much time in my life.
3: NFL overreaction. You <laughs> just really made him mad. <laughs> you just really did. Overreality. T- that is a very specific thing. Oh, <laughs> NFL overreaction to reality. Kevin, would you like to discuss why you're mad? Nope. O- open on air? Nope. What about privately to Mike? Sure. Okay.
0: NFL- You'll like what I got coming up. Though. Okay.
3: <laughs> I
2: guarantee it. <laughs> NFL overreaction. I'm going to start studying for the C-block in that segment. NFL uh, overreaction to reality. Corey, I'm going to start with you. Because I feel very confident I know Mike's answer. Dak will oh get an extension this offseason. One hundred. It's, the only, matter of it's years. the
3: only thing that makes sense
2: <clears throat> is it to them
3: financially. Okay. And that's what oh. me, that's the most important thing to them, I think.
2: Can I tell you, I think it's the only thing they know how to do. Which and, is also problematic. And also let's add
3: this. I think I do believe they're kind of invested in the mindset of five year plans. And hey, look, we did all these things to set up for this. Okay. And I think they already have their next five years planned out. And okay. if they don't sign DAC, then it'll screw up the whole thing and they'll have to work really hard to fix it. That so, sounds like a drag. So I feel like that, yes, I think that I don't think that's an overreaction. I think it's happening.
0: One hundred percent. Like it's Do you give it what's what percent do you give Kevin that they actually say you know what 11 Dak is playing out this season?
2: That is an amazing answer. I was going to say I swear 10 to 12 percent. Yeah, that is 11 is my answer. I
0: give it zero (laughs) percent. And and you know what? We got some wusses running
2: this organization and they're gonna wuss out and give him what he wants. They just don't want to do the work. I, I agree with that. NFL overreaction or reality. Stefan Diggs has played his final game with the Bills. Man, you look at the production drop-off, whether it was intentionally or not, of Stefan Diggs in the back half of the season. Obviously, everyone's keyed in on that key drop in the last game.
0: Corey, I have a question for us. What's his contract
2: status? Ooh, let me check on that. Because
0: this is what, if he's like, I want an extension or whatever, I would worry about it because I don't think he's the same wide receiver anymore. I still think he's good. Yeah. He's gone from great top five receiver to good like right in that tenth like eight Ooh. to ten receiver.
3: Ninety six million. Yeah. Oh, so it's, they he's are He's
2: not looking for an extension, but it's a lot.
3: They're currently forty three point six million over the allotted salary cap. Oh dear. And they can That's save wow. nineteen. They can save almost twenty million in cap space if, if they, they release them? If they post June first designation, yes.
0: That sounds I, like you almost have to.
3: That stinks cause you're trying to do everything you can to find a trade partner. Yes. But you're going to get Amari Cooper in this situation where you're just nobody wants to trade, you have to settle for whatever the worst is.
2: Which leads to a or bonus let the guy go. overreaction or reality? The betting favorites as of right now, where will Stefan Diggs play game 1 next season if he's not with the Buffalo Bills? KC no. Chiefs wrong. Oh. They're fourth. The Dallas Cowboys bonus Overreaction or reality? Stephon Diggs, if he leaves the Bills, will be on the Cowboys next season. No,
0: nope.
3: what a cool story. Nope. And if the, if we've learned <laughs> it anything, cost money.
0: I I know this from the Cowboys. He cost money. The answer's no.
3: His brother wants to play with him.
0: If I'll tell you what, if Stephon Diggs wants to take about a one year, eight million dollar contract with two million in incentives, he will be a Dallas Cowboy.
2: That will be their offer. Well, Mike
3: McCarthy needs to go in there and pound his fist for this guy.
2: The interesting part about that, I haven't crunched the numbers on this yet, but you would get a you would definitely get a discounted contract if you brought Stefan Diggs in via the trade. But to Mike's point, it's not one for 2.5 million. Like, you're still going to be on the hook for some money for a while. So, I also think that is odd that the Cowboys are the favorite.
3: And he lands in New Orleans. Oh. That's my that's my guess. It just seems like those a lot of times that's where a lot of those guys wind up after like trying to fight for something. Sure. Like,
2: yeah, we're in New Orleans now. The betting odds for now go like this: Cowboys two to one, Lions and Giants four to one, and then the Chiefs and Ravens both nine and a half to one. And then just I don't think this has been done in the history of the segment. Bonus bonus question: Stefan Diggs is done being an elite wide receiver? Overreaction or reality?
3: Reality. I think he's got a couple more years left. I don't know what the problem was up there, but it didn't look physical to me. Well, (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know that (laughs) getting him the ball might have been the problem. I don't know. I don't know. He threw a ball 7 million yards, and then he is like, let me hug it like a
0: newborn Noah. No, you have to grab it with your hands.
2: Not like you would with
3: Noah. Noah, you just you hug, but he still gently. He still had a hundred and seven catches at eleven hundred yards, and it was only eight touchdowns.
2: No, and the thing is, just look at the splits the from targets
3: were huge too. It, uh. it
2: took a massive drop in the last like nine games, but his overall numbers are you're you're right are still very impressive. NFL overreaction or reality? Baker Mayfield. Deserves to be paid like a top 10 quarterback.
3: Overreaction. Oh,
2: down the stretch. Overreaction. Six and two, 17 touchdowns versus five interceptions with a 102.2 passer rating. Has one of the top five all-time passer ratings in the playoffs. There's a person who texted in
0: the other day that you guys didn't (laughs) read on the air, but he was like, hey, it's not Dak. It's offensive line that gets you far in the playoffs. And because the Cowboys didn't do a great job offensive line-wise, so to that person, you should never pay a quarterback anything. You should just say, we're paying a quarterback league minimum, and we're going right. to go pay – we're going to take that $50 million of quarterback money. We're going to take $49 million of that plus the other $50 million that we had reserved for starting five offensive linemen, and now we have $100 million for five offensive linemen because quarterback means absolutely nothing. I would say with a person like Baker Mayfield, Baker, you're okay. Probably already lost him now. He's probably trying to leave, get in his car, drive away from Lubbock and go to Oklahoma City. Uh, but I'd say, look, you're okay. I think we can win with you. But it's at $25 million a year. And if you want more, we can't win with you. The other thing, too, is... I'm probably going to draft a quarterback that I think could take your spot at some point,
3: point. and he's going to pout about that,
0: right? So I don't, I don't know, but I would say with quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott, you can win with them, and maybe even win it all. But it has to be in this twenty to thirty million dollar quarterback range, where premium quarterbacks are now forty to sixty million. And once you start getting, t- even if I got to Baker to forty, which is about that tenth spot, right. I'm going to die as a team because I, don't, I can't put enough good around an average quarterback.
3: You just pointed out his numbers, though, as your, uh, your dying defense uh, like just continued to wither away. You threw out his numbers to try and say this. Who was his offensive coordinator?
2: Oh, he's got a new head just got hired job. by the Panthers. So yeah, the guy that got the best true. out of Baker
3: Mayfield in his entire career,
2: Byron Leftwich is can- no, it's <laughs> Canalis,
3: oh. uh, just left him. So even if I don't, uh, you, now you got to find somebody that can figure out how to use Baker Mayfield all over again.
2: By Stock and Bryce Young is that what you're also telling? That's me? an
3: interesting. That's an interesting future discussion.
2: Okay, and I want to talk about a future discussion right here and right now. Overreaction or reality? The Texans are better situated for the future than the Packers. Obviously, you look at both young quarterbacks and you got to be stoked. The reason why I was asking it like that is depending on what you think about the Lions, would it not look like Jordan Love's division is tougher than CJ Stroud's? Hold on.
3: You got Trevor Lawrence,
2: huh? And uh,
3: Brian Callahan is another Travis head coach. Travis Etienne. At, uh, you
2: don't believe in Anthony Richardson? <laughs> Calvin, Calvin, you know what? I'm make very, a
3: bet on it, Ridley. I am very interested in the future of Richardson. They were able to get the best Kurt, out of Gardner Minshew. I'm really
0: average, but got paid a lot of money. A and M guy.
3: Michael Pittman's a fantastic Christian receiver. Kurt. Their run game was really good. Their offense was called very well this season up in uh, in Indianapolis. I'm very interested in that team, but he has to stay healthy. You know, like that's that we saw it this year. So.
1: I don't I, know, man, because trying the to look Vikings at,
3: stink, uh, and the Vikings might stink for a while, and you have one team in Tennessee that I have no faith in, so I think it's kind of even right now. Let's see how, the, how things fall in the next few weeks, though.
0: Texans have the 23rd pick through Cleveland because they traded their pick to Arizona, uh, so... Green Bay has 25th pick, so they're right around the same draft pick. I was trying to figure out, like, okay, who has a better chance to improve their team through the draft this year? Green Bay then has the Jets' second-round pick, so they're picking 41 and 58 in this upcoming draft, and then you just have Houston with 59. I'm not going to just say because they have two second-round picks that they're going to be better, but I will go with Houston. Okay. But it's really close. It's – these –
2: I get you. Obviously
0: the Cowboys don't have to worry about Houston, but they do now have to worry about Green Bay. Agreed. Like it's like crap, they're they're way better. Like they proved they're way better than you right
2: now. Now, I realize what the betting odds and the lines on these games say, and they don't agree with this, but I'm gonna throw it out there nonetheless. NFL overreaction or reality. The Kansas City Chiefs and not the two number one seeds are the team to beat in the playoffs. Um, you know what? I'm gonna
3: say I'm gonna say not an overreaction because just history and the ability of Mahomes and Andy Reid to put together a game plan against their opponents.
0: What do you think their intimidation factor is starting a playoff game? I mean, when it's you, very high. I I wonder that too. Now Baltimore's they've never played Kansas City in the playoffs, correct? Uh,
2: like when I'm talking
0: about Lamar Lamar Jackson yeah. slash yeah. Patrick Mahomes. This is their first time to face off. I do think there was a little bit of Buffalo going, we haven't gotten over this guy. He keeps figuring out a way to beat us. And I think as that game was very close, there was probably a little bit of, I think, we talked about it. Buffalo got a little bit conservative on that last drive because they were scared to death. If we give him the ball back, we're going to lose. Because yeah. they saw it in whatever, 11 seconds it took him when they thought they'd won a game. It took him two plays and 11 seconds to get his guy in field goal range to send it to OT, so... I know he has that aura against Buffalo for sure. I'm just wondering if you've never played them when you see Kansas City take the field. Are you like, okay, we got to beat Patrick Mahomes. I'm
2: telling you, I understand they're underdogs this week. I understand they would be underdogs in the Super Bowl. I still think they're the team to beat. I hope they do get beat, but I still think they're the team to
3: beat. I, I, I agree with you, man. I I would pick if you made me bet
0: on the game. Yeah. Even If you made me bet straight up and it was like, hey, you're really betting, not just 20 bucks for yeah. fun because you want Kansas City to win, I would bet on Baltimore. Okay. I, think, I think at home, the way they've played, I would if you made me. I'm not betting on Baltimore, but if you made me, I would. If somebody said, hey, you got to bet your car yeah. on one of these teams to win this game, i go, man, I'm going to take the home team and how great Baltimore has played and stick with its 2020, I guess 4 now, but 2023. I've just seen Baltimore play way better than the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'd be scared about it. Mm-hmm. But if you made me bet on this game, I would say I think Baltimore is going to win it.
3: Show show bet payoff. We spin the wheel, we put some things on the wheel and whoever whoever loses has to pay off the wheel. Yeah.
0: Go to a Maverick blowout. Game. We don't
3: typically do this. Like, we've let the other shows do lots of show bet payoffs since the, and the wheel's been retired for a while, even though it's right there. We ran Carter. out of ideas for the wheel,
2: which I think I've got my ideas working so again. Because I, I have ideas for GVAG all the time. Yeah, it's hey, like, you should do well, this. I don't have to do this. So, yeah, this is what you should do next. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through The Fan right now. How about some Mike likes it?
0: Okay, so. This goes into what I was doing research-wise. I'm sorry, Kevin. I missed a question.
2: Will you grant me grace, then, if I dip out at some point and don't hear what you say? And you're like, that's only fair. I got this, Kevin.
0: I've done so much research here. I'll pay attention. At least, if you notice, 10 minutes while we are doing that one question. I did notice that. All right, so I did do some of this research before the show, but I wanted to add more to it. And I'm glad I did because it makes my point even more clear. The Mavericks this year are playing a lot of blowout games. If you follow me on Twitter, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. I'm not that much of a tweeter. So I looked at these blowout games because last night, another game with four minutes to go in the third quarter, I turned the game off. I'm like, I've, I've seen this act before and plenty of times last year and plenty of times this year. I already know. Luca has lost all. He can't contain himself. It's over. You could tell four minutes left in the third before he threw out the fan that he was done. He he was done mood. playing basketball. Yeah. He was now... I had no clue he was mad at fans at that point. But he was mad at everything. And you knew, like, the game's over. Yeah. I'm turning it off. I've seen the Mavericks. And they get blown out a lot this year. Yeah. So I wanted to go do the research on... What? How many games have been decided by fifteen points or more? I feel like that is a complete blowout. Sometimes, if I just take ten, that could be a five-point game with a and minute then to go. And you lost the
2: free throw versus
1: three-point yeah. battle. Yeah, so I, I wanted
0: you. to go. If it right. if it was a fifteen-point win or loss, we're looking at a blowout game. That's not fun to watch. A lot of. A lot of fans who aren't fans of NBA will say, well, I'll just turn it on at 9 p.m. at night. That's about five minutes left in the game, and that's when the real basketball's played. That would be the worst decision to ever make in your life watching the Mavericks because the game was decided before then the majority of times. Right. I'm going to go to first – Wins by 10 points or more and losses by 10 points or more. Remember, I don't consider this a blowout, but at the end, you're not seeing a competitive final possession or anything like that. The Mavericks are 14 and 14 this year in games that have been decided by 10 points or more. That is 63.6% of their games are double-digit wins or losses, and they're 500 in those games. So when you turn on the Dallas Maverick game, there's a two-third chance, pretty much, that you're going to watch a non-competitive blowout basket. I don't want to say blowout, That's but a game crazy. where when you get to the last three or four minutes, it's not a competitive game.
3: So, like, it does seem, it does, it has seemed like every time I've turned a Mavs game on, because I've had a hard time starting, like, the the tip of the game. Yeah, I've usually gotten somewhere in the middle of the game, second quarter or something like that, and then I'm like, huh. I'm not sure I want to continue being part of this.
2: The other thing that's really weird about that, let's say... You could only watch like the first quarter, and then Corey only dipped in for the second or third quarter. You might have dramatically yes. different stories yeah. to relay. You'd be like, "Are the are the Mavs still kicking ass?" And you're like, "No." Because
3: there've been times, Kevin, where you've started a segment, and you've said something, and I'm yeah. like, "I didn't feel that way at all yeah. about it," and I missed a part of yeah. it.
0: Yeah. All right. So this gets worse. This is why. Uh, this is. <clears throat> I'm making a little bit of a point here. This Maverick team slash this NBA. It's it's killing me that I don't think I I think I'm losing my interest in the NBA completely. And this is why. I wanted to kind of put this factual and I'll compare it to a couple other Dallas Maverick seasons and how out of whack
2: this Maverick team is slash the NBA is. Can I just throw out a question or observation to go along with this? This bothers you, I think, more than most people because of how much you love the NBA. I try to watch all 82 games of the
0: Dallas Mavericks. I I can't say I watch all 82. There's certain nights that I'm busy with family or whatever, but I would say most seasons I watch complete start to finish 70 of 82 Dallas Maverick games, and I probably would watch another 30 to 50 NBA games from start to finish on TNT or ESPN or ABC. So I have been a very big basketball fan my whole life. It goes back to my fa- first ever favorite player was Dell Ellis on the Dallas Mavericks. A week later, they traded him for a future referee in the NBA, Al Wood. <laughs> so that was a bad trade. Now, now I take it to 15 or more. So 14 and 14 and 10 or more. Now these are what I consider blowouts. When you win by 15 or more or lose by 15 or more, the Mavericks are 7 and 10. 5th, sorry. 17 of their games so far have been blowouts, not even close. That is 38.6% of their games. So 66 sorry, 63.6% of the time, you're going to watch a game that's not competitive the last probably 3 to 4 minutes. Yeah. Almost 40% of the time, a Maverick game isn't competitive at all. Like last night, that game's not competitive. Nope. And now the Mavericks do it to other teams too. This is what's wrong with the NBA. The Mavericks are considered an average NBA team. If you look at all the standings, they're right in the middle. They're about the 16th best NBA team in the league right now. That's average. If you kind of take teams 13 through 17, you'd say league average. Well, if you look at other teams, I looked at the Phoenix Suns. They right now are eight and three in fifteen point games or more. So they've played eleven, but they're eight and three. The Mavericks are seven and ten. So they're getting blown out a lot in this NBA. Fifteen points or more. Forty percent of the time, you're going to watch a non-competitive game. Fifty percent of the time, when the Mavericks lose, they're getting blown out. They have they're twenty four and twenty with ten losses by fifteen points or more, where they're not even competing. Wow. In this league. Okay. So I'm going to take this back to 2010-2011 Dallas Mavericks championship season. Is this fair? Maybe not, but listen to this. The Mavericks were 57 and 25 that year. 25 losses. How many of their losses would you guess out of 25 were 15 point or more losses?
2: Seven or eight?
3: I'll say nine. Two. so they
0: lost 25 games so think about this so when when you were in love with Dirk when you were watching Dirk pretty much in his prime kind of right at the end of his prime but in his prime I took that championship season 57 and 25 11 and 2 they blew out so they're one of the better teams in the NBA three seed in the Western Conference they won 11 games In 82 games by 15 or more. The Mavericks have already won seven. The Mavericks are just an average team, and they've already won seven games by 15 or more. And then on the other side, they're a good team. They lost two games all year. And those two games, one of them, Dirk Nowitzki, wasn't playing. He was hurt. Wow, He didn't play in the game. So they lost one game with Dirk Nowitzki by 15 points or more in the championship season. Now, if I extend that out to... In 2010-2011 championship season, how many games out of the 25 did Dallas lose by 10 or more points?
3: 34.
0: Okay, well, that's more than total losses 25 they losses. Had. Okay. They've uh, lost by 10 or more points. How many times out of the 25 in the championship year? Seven. Two. Eight. Okay. Five of them, Dirk was hurt.
3: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that time, so yeah. There's
0: like a, so one of the they two... They lost three games all year that Dirk Nowitzki played. Think about this about Luka, and he's a better, like, overall better player. Whiny B-word who's driving us insane, but great player. Better player, but whiny B. They've played 10 games this year that they've lost by 15 or more in 44 games. In Dirk's championship year, they lost two games that way. In Dirk's year where he won wow. the championship, they lost eight games by 10 or more points, and Dirk was out five of those eight games with an injury midway through the season, where they actually went on a five-game losing streak, and four of them were by 10 points or more. Like, that's... Okay, now, let me do this to make my point even more clear. I just took the championship team of the Dallas Mavericks and compared it to this average team of the Dallas Mavericks. The last year that the Mavericks didn't have... Luka Doncic 2017-2018 This team is led by rookie Dennis Smith Jr. uh I believe Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews and Dirk Nowitzki. I believe that's your starting five for that team. Whoa. Horrible team. Okay?
3: <laughs> Dirk was on it. In your face.
0: I need to go back because I forgot to write the amount of losses that they had. Okay, they finished the season 24 and 58. The Mavericks were 24 and 58 the year before they got Luka. Okay. Dennis Smith Jr.'s rookie year. Out of those 58 losses, how many times did the Mavs lose by 15 points or more in 58 loss 2017 2018 season?
2: I like it's got to be a lot,
0: right? 22. Nine. 11. Oh, man. So this year, the Mavericks have lost 10 games out of 44 by 15 points or more. One of the worst teams in the last decade for the Dallas Mavericks is the 2017-2018 Dallas Mavericks, where we had to watch, what was that dude who thought he was the greatest player in the world who stunk? Salah Measuri. <laughs> Salah thought he was so good, and he made Dwight Powell look decent at basketball. That team who lost 58 games only lost 11 of them in complete blowout fashion. This team has lost 10 already, and they're above 500. They've already won as many games as the 2017-18 Dallas Mavericks. There's a major problem with, one, the Dallas Mavericks this year. To the NBA. So now, when I give you a championship team like the Dallas Mavericks, go 11-2 and two in blowout games. So they're one of the best teams in the NBA, and they had 13 blowout games. And they did great in those games because they were one of the better teams. And then I go to the horrible Dallas Mavericks before Luka, and, you know, kind of tanking, right? Remember, yeah. Mark Cuban comes out and says, well, we were intentionally tanking to try to get a better draft pick. And they lost 11 games by 15 points or more.
2: That is that is wild. Isn't man. this
0: crazy, like, how bad this league has become and how non-competitive the 2023-24 Dallas Mavericks are? And, you-
3: I, and can I add to that? Yeah. I think that it makes it even more difficult to truly judge and understand your team versus other teams in the league and truly understand your team if you're trying to make a playoff run and make trades to get there.
2: Do you think, do you guys think that inflation has hit the NBA in terms of those leads because of, the proliferation of three-point shooting and everything like that. Price of bacon. Yeah, do you think there's like a comp where like a 15-point lead compared to the championship season is a 12-point lead, or you know? What I I'm think 100.
0: percent You're right. If I go back to 2010, 2011. Okay, but if I, I feel like if I go back to 17, 18 season, that as much. Yeah. The Warriors have already exposed. True. We need to shoot 43 True. pointers a game, type of deal. So I feel like the new NBA. What we see now, there's not much difference in 2017-18. There is. To 2010-2011, there's a a major difference. But I'm looking at this, and the league, led by LeBron James, he's the major leader of this, and I know he's a great player, one of the greatest of all time. Luca's following suit and making it even worse is these guys don't compete on a nightly basis. So if I'm complaining, which I have been for the last month, I wanted to put after the Mavericks got blown out again – that Boston Celtic game wasn't that competitive either, but it didn't fall in this bracket because they lost by nine. So I'm not even counting. If you felt like that Boston game, you're like, yeah, that wasn't like that entertaining the last five minutes. The Mavericks would cut it to seven or six and then it'd go right back to 12. And they lost by nine. That's considered a very competitive game this year. So now I'm looking at this and going, all right, You have a 60% chance of watching a competitive Dallas Maverick game, a 40% chance, really less than that, but a 40% chance of watching a game that's a single-digit victory by either team. And that's that's the NBA. That's not unique to the Dallas Mavericks. It's more unique to them. But this isn't unique to the NBA anymore. The NBA is we don't care. We sit out games. We jog. We half-ass it. And then when we get to the playoffs, we will give you the best that we have. But we are making you pay a price that you are not getting your value for, and we don't care. Yeah, we, our players don't care. The owners don't care. It's just the throw it out there. Care. Yeah, Nike's going to give us a ton of money to individually for the players. Other countries are going to give you tons of money so they can broadcast the game. And it's it's gotten to the point where we've lost this league. I think it's going to see a major dip in ratings, maybe not this year or next year. But when you keep putting out a non competitive product yeah, for I six what months, saying. what am I supposed to do? The Mavericks play the Hawks next game. I don't, somebody's going to win the game. There's a 60% chance somebody's going to win the game by 10 points or more.
1: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone.